today we're going to be talking to Michael Fitzpatrick, who is a broadcast journalist for, he's working with the BBC at the moment, but I want to hear a little bit from him uh, about what his job involves, how he got there, and uh, basically tell us what we can do if you want to become a broadcast journalist. So, uh, hello Michael, good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, thanks for having me. Yeah. Long time no see, uh, but uh, it'll be good to catch up. <laughs> um, mainly, just you said you're working in broadcast journalism and you're working with the BBC at the moment. Uh, just mainly if you could tell us a little bit about your job and about the day-to-day -day of what you're actually doing. Yeah, no problem. Um, so my job day-to-day -day, um, can very much vary. That's one of the reasons I went into it. So it all really depends on the team that I'm working with. Uh, or what's going on in the news at, at that particular on that particular day. Um, generally speaking, say if I'm doing a, an early morning shift, I would go in. Um, I've got to keep across the news in general, twenty four seven. Really, it's part of the job that you you just have you saw your ears to the ground and know what's going on. Um, so yeah, so when we go into the to the news, we have a, we'll have we'll have like a morning meeting and we'll obviously discuss the the stories that we're gonna be talking about on any individual program. I work predominantly really between Five Live, which is a um, national radio program here in the UK, and um, Network, sorry, and Breakfast Television, BBC Breakfast, which again is, an, is, like, is a national um, the morning breakfast program here. Um, and yeah, so we would go in and we would have a morning meeting. We would bring to the meeting any ideas, any stories that you've seen. Um, and then essentially my editor then, my boss would then, um, divide out all the different stories of the day um, and you would then be given a number of them to work on and you'll be left with the responsibility of finding a relevant guest um, maybe setting up sort of a location in which we can go and um, speak to somebody it all really just depends on what 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 the story is uh, really um, and yet on what program I'm working on uh, beyond that if we're setting the program up if I'm working in TV it's my responsibility to write then I'll have to write briefs for presenters I'll write scripts um, so essentially when you're watching the TV and you see the news presenters um, on television the words that they write uh, the words that they're reading that I wrote so I, I write the scripts for the presenters basically Okay, oh, sounds interesting. I hope that was a good answer. <laughs> no, no, just I want to find out exactly what you're doing. Uh, just, Michael, if you just take a little uh, step, step back, back from your screen, we should be able to see a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Cool. Um, oh, so that sounds interesting. So what would your hours be like? Do you work set hours or is it very much open? What kind of hours would you work in the week? I describe them as unsociable. Um, they're very unsociable. Uh, as it, it is enjoyable, the job's enjoyable, so it kind of makes up for it. It can literally be anything. So, for example, today, uh, I've done a relatively normal day, which is very rare, to be honest. I've done an, an 8-5 today, which is very rare. Uh, mm -hmm. I generally work, say, like a 12-hour day, so I can work, you know, uh, early mornings, late nights, even weekends, over holidays. It's probably not everyone's cup of tea, really. Um, if I'm working on a morning breakfast program for example for and I'm working on the program so there are two shifts so I'll give you an example for like the BBC breakfast TV so if I'm doing a planning shift which is essentially a day shift um, that's us setting up then for the next morning's program so it's us setting up lo different locations for reporters to go and 
um, speak to people, setting up guests, um, making sure briefs are written to be then handed over to the night team. Now, if I'm working on a night team, essentially they're the people that then work on the actual programme. So I'll start at 9pm at night and I'll work until about 9.30 in the morning. So it's a, it's a long day or night. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so generally, more often than not, I'm working between 10 and 12 hour shifts. Okay, so it's a long, it's a long slog for it. Uh, well, talking about that, what is, well, I suppose, what is your favourite part of the job? What do you like most about it? Or, um, so the reason I wanted to go into this mm -hmm. game in the first place really was was something new every day. Um, it was something everyone was talking about, and you're literally kind of witnessing history unfold. I guess, especially when it comes to big stories. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think that's probably the most enjoyable part of it. You get to really kind of understand exactly what's going on in the world, things that matter. Um, you get to meet, you know, essentially what the reason I wanted to be a journalist in the first place was mainly two reasons was you get to meet people and you get to go places. And they were the two things. The going places part hasn't really panned out with everything that's gone on in the last two years, well, 18 months. Yeah. Because I'm still relatively new to my career, so I'm kind of working my way up to that. Um, but certainly the meeting and meeting and um, speaking to different people that's been that's been probably the that's probably is the best part you know and sometimes it can be really interesting and you hear some fantastic stories that you know people have done an amazing amazing things with their lives and you know on the, on the flip side to that uh, equally as interesting but probably not quite as enjoyable is uh, when you're hearing some of the most harrowing stories you could possibly imagine and things that people go through um, mm -hmm. So I think probably, yeah, the, the speaking to different people is probably the best part of my job. Uh-huh, okay. And do you find with your job that you take much of it home with you? I know you're saying talking to some of those people can be quite harrowing. Do you find that you take that home with you or are you able to leave that at the office and put it aside <laughs> next day? <laughs> do you know what? I was, I was literally, I was just speaking about this the other day with a, a colleague of mine. So when I first started, so I first started in, in the same year. Uh, it was a it was a very big year here in the UK. I'm not sure who's going to be watching this or, or what country people are going to be watching this in. But when I first started, um, we had a, a terrorist attack in Manchester on uh, Westminster Bridge in 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 London and uh, Grenfell Tower. There was all of these things happened all in the space of about six weeks or something or whatever it was. A very short period of time. And some of the people I was speaking to and the story, I've never listened to stories quite like it, to be honest with you. And I remember um, being out with friends in the evening and just being like in a world of my own. I mean, mate, just like snapping his fingers and I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, what are you? And I'd just be, you know, you, you would you would be thinking about that person who you've been speaking to. It was just something that I, I'd never really experienced before and I'd never heard anything like it firsthand. You read about it and you might even see it on the telly. But when you when you're speaking to the people who it's actually affecting, it was something that really kind of uh, I did take home with me. As time's gone on, I've had to learn not to do that because uh -huh. it's it's just exhausting. And now to be perfectly honest with you, some might argue I've become quite insensitive. Like I'm listening to some of these stories now. And sometimes I'm kind of looking at me watch and thinking, you know, I've got to think of the next. Do you know what I mean? So, I definitely at first I was I was taking things home, but um, mm -hmm. not so not as much now. I've kind of become um, gotten used to it a little bit. Okay, and that's understandable, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, 
I hope that doesn't make me sound heartless. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Michael, I know you're far from heartless, okay? Thank you. <laughs> um, well, let me see, just so you've been working with BBC News uh, for a while now. Um, before that, how did you, well, how did you get into this? What did you, what A-levels did you study? Where did you go to uni and what made you just, just yeah, go from there. Um, so I, um, so I'll start from, from, from the A-levels part, the earliest part. So at A-level, I studied maths, as you know, mm -hmm. um, and then I did, well, it wasn't really A-levels, it was more, I did BTECs then in mm -hmm. business and media studies. And it was kind of the media studies where is where I sort of, because I didn't have a I didn't have a, a direct idea of exactly what I wanted to do. Excuse me. It was more, it was more along the lines of the area in which I wanted to work. So I knew I wanted to work in this area because I knew I get to meet people, I get to travel places, and every day it'd be interesting. And you'd be sort of at the you know, the stone face of everything that was going on, you know, you, you'd, be, you'd be right there and then. And that's, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And it wasn't really, it sounds silly to say this, because even at sort of, you know, 16, 17, 18, you would think I would know exactly how maybe, you know, exactly what it was. But it wasn't until I went to university and so I did a media degree at university. Um, and I kind of went into that a bit blind and, and, and sort of because I knew I kind of wanted to go into that area a little bit. I went to university and it wasn't until I got there, I really sort of tailored and, and understood exactly what I wanted to do, which was journalism. So I got halfway through my undergraduate and then I knew then from an undergraduate, I knew what I wanted to sort of gear my, uh, you know, my time towards and focus on. And, and you know, I was kind of mapping out a plan then. Um, so I did an undergraduate in, in media studies, which um, incorporated a bit of everything, really. It was about society and it was about, you know, how people react to the media and stuff like that, which was really interesting and it was actually quite difficult as well. Um, and then off the back of that, I, it's funny because towards the end of my degree, I knew exactly that I wanted to then go and train as a journalist. That was something I'd sort of decided before I finished my undergraduate and I knew I was going to do a master's degree. Um, but then at the time, because uh, the finances, you know, it was the finances side of it was a, was a really big thing. And basically because of where I'm from and because of the grades that I got, um, they then funded me to do a master's. And I knew exactly they offered me at the same university. I went to the University of Central Lancashire, which is in Preston in, in, in the northwest of England. And um, yeah, and then through all those things they asked me if I would be interested in doing a master's and I bit their hands off because I knew exactly I'd already planned out exactly what I wanted to do I'd actually sort of plan right I would go away for a little bit I'd get a bit of experience first I'd save up a bit of money and um, for them to have offered me that and they, they paid for it for me which I was very lucky to get um yeah so then I finished university and then went straight into a master's um and studied journalism as a master's degree and then yeah uh from then on I did even when I was doing my undergraduate, to be honest with you, it sounds so ridiculous because even then when I was, I was doing so much work experience and still didn't go, right, I know I want to be in, I knew I want to be a journalist, but I didn't actually, it wasn't until I couldn't pinpoint and everything I wanted to do and like in, as a career, um, a journalist was it. So, so, so all these elements of a career that I wanted, everything that I sort of want, you know, on my tick list, mm -hmm. um, I didn't have the heading of that tick list. I had the tick list, but I didn't have the heading. And it wasn't until later on I went, oh, the heading's journalist, you know. 
so so I was doing I was doing a bunch of different work. I can't tell you how much work experience I did. Um, loads. I actually studied abroad as well in the in the states. So I went to, I went to the to the US and and I, I worked I worked at um, I worked at Fox News over there, which I don't know okay. I don't know how popular <laughs> or how or not that that, that is. But um, I went. <laughs> I went and got um, a lot of work experience there, spoke to some of the journalists over there, and all of these things were kind of just sort of the building blocks to what I was eventually going to do. So I'm going all around the world explaining this, but um, yeah, off the back of, at the end of my, um, sorry, during my qualifications, and then after I'd graduated, I was getting loads and loads of experience. And then uh, eventually, just some of the people that I'd met along Mm -hmm. the way, I I'd kind of given up to be honest. It wasn't easy getting in. I'll be honest. It took me a long, long time, and I'd gotten so much experience, and I'd gotten a good degree, and I'd gotten the masters and stuff, and I still wasn't getting on really. And um, I actually kind of was getting to the point where I was giving up. I actually went away and worked away for a while, and mm-hmm. then it was like six months later, um, somebody that I just made an impression on somebody, and they'd remembered me um, mm-hmm. from the BBC, I got after doing some work experience and they phoned me up and said, we have this opportunity here. If you're interested, coming to do some freelancing with us. And then okay. that was it. And yeah. So do you think, well, I think you may have answered this already. I was going to say, do you think it was your education or your experience that was most beneficial in getting to where you are today? Um, experience. I'd probably, if I'm being really honest, I'd probably mm-hmm. say it was experience. Um, just because, just because there was other ways, like having gone now to, I've probably gone around it the, the long way based on what I had, the resources I had available to me from when I was 16, 17. But now I've, I work with other people who haven't necessarily gotten to the position that they're in through university. They've gone and done other side, they've done things like apprenticeships and, or, you know, or they've worked their way up, which, you yeah. know, is, is, if, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's had, about who you know as opposed to what you know I know everyone just says that about the the, the field but it's very true uh, networking is a big part of pe- uh, of the career and I think uh well that's one of the things I try to say to the students it is a lot of who you know and keeping in touch with people and finding out what you can and that university isn't always the only way into some of these 100%. careers and especially there are hundreds of thousands of apprenticeships going on now and there are other ways into it and as you said there are people that have come into journalism that you know of that have come through the apprenticeship route or that have worked their way up as well um so uh it's and it's great to see that you're working alongside them so it is all those routes end up in the same place which is fantastic to see Um, is there anything that you would change uh would you Obviously, you said it took you a while to realise what you wanted to do, and that's the one thing. A career is, it's not necessarily a job for life. You, as you change, your ideas change on what you want, and, and you showed that. I do remember talking to you in sixth form, and when you were trying to decide what you wanted to do, you wanted to travel, and you were very interested in a degree that would give you a year abroad. <laughs> I yeah. do remember that being very high on your priority list. Um so I'm glad you ended up getting one that did that. Yeah. Uh, you do, I do remember you saying, I want to go to the States. So I think we jointly looked into some of these degrees with it. But no, you did well. And yeah. I'm glad I, I remember that. I actually really remember that now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm so glad it's worked out for you. Is there anything that you would say, I suppose, um, to students choosing their A-levels or students choosing their university course? Any advice that you would give them now or anything you would say that you think you wish you had heard when you were that age? Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I mean, the advice that I would give my younger self would probably be to really use my free time wisely. Um, because although, you know, you to a certain extent, you have to go to school and you have to go to, to, to university. But as I've just explained there, as much as it's fantastic, definitely get your education. And, you know, of course, that, that that's something that you should really be putting, you know, it should be top of your priority list. But at the same time, you'd be so surprised. It's not until you get a little bit older and you realise how other elements of your life come into play when it comes to your career. So it's not necessarily um, just what's written on your um you know, your certificate leaving school. It could be things like, you know, the people skills that you, you've developed or, you know, the networking skills, as we just said. So mm -hmm. I'd definitely say if I was if I was going to be, if I was speaking to a 16-year-old me, I'd be saying, you know, look and look, really research exactly what it is, where you want to get to, and look and look at other people who've done it as well. And, and, and you'll, from what from the research I've done now, a lot of those people have then say, um, you know, if they were going into like my type of career, for example, they would go and get maybe like a part time job in a radio station or they would go and um, do a bit of community radio or hospital radio or something like that. They're going right for the do voluntarily for the, you know, uh, local newspaper or something like that. So, yeah, I definitely say, you know, use your free time wisely, I think as well something I suppose that I, I would probably do is so it's not necessarily sometimes the the degree that you do that defines the career that you go into so I work alongside other journalists who don't haven't done journalism and at the university they've done politics or they've done uh, business or they've done a whole range of different things and a lot of them have got a more broad foundation upon which to build their career on so and I envy a lot of people for that so you know, although that have an idea about what you want to do, but don't limit yourself too much as well, I'd say. So make sure that the career that you go into can open as many doors as, uh, sorry, the degree that you might end up choosing can open as many doors as possible because you never know, you might get to, you know, 10, 20 years down the line and you might want to go into something else. And so I think that's probably, I hope I've yeah. articulated that well enough. But No, no, that, that's fantastic. And that, that is the thing. Uh, so basically, we're looking at the fact that you're saying, I suppose, your work experience and your skills and what you can do is what you can bring into the industry is what matters. And I suppose yeah. keeping your options open is what's important. Uh, so where do you see your career going in the next five, ten years? Have you any plans or are you going with the flow or what would you like to see happen? Um, do you know what, right? Who can say with everything that's gone on? But no, I've always, I, I've always wanted to. Uh, so as I say, I haven't, I've, I haven't ticked off the travel bit yet of my career, mm -hmm. and uh, it's something I'd love to do a lot more of. Um, so my sort of all roads are kind of leading to that at the minute. Um, at the moment, I'm sort of gaining more work experience, and so I, as I said before, I work in kind of more um, 
domestic news at the moment and I'm kind of more interested in the international side of it. So the great things and one of the reasons why I've stuck with the BBC is the sheer size of the place. So I can, it's really, it's a great sort of place for me to kind of cut my teeth and learn my craft in, in many ways and because I'm in there now. So, so for example, I'm going to London at the weekend to go and work for the World Service and gain mm-hmm. more experience in that area. So I, I think probably the more I would, I would I never really fancied myself as someone that was sitting at a desk all the time so um less of the producing side of it as they call it and more of like the reporting side of it and out and about speaking to people meeting more people so yeah definitely a bit of that um fantastic I hope we get to see a bit more of you then <laughs> uh I don't want to be I, I'll be I'll be honest I don't want to be on I've, you don't want to be honest <laughs> I don't want to be behind the scenes. But okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to be the person that gets to see everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, no, thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, it's been fantastic to catch up with you. Um, yes. I've loved seeing you and hearing how you're getting on. It's been a while. And sure, keep in touch and we will talk soon. Uh, okay, so thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Like, it's been great to speak to you again. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully we won't leave it too long next time. We'll we'll see each other uh, soon.